a lot of our growth has been because sure AI is cool. I think a lot of people are using it, you know, hey, it's kind of fun and it's cool. What's the real business application? Well, mm. if I can then say, look, instead of having to write these briefs that are basically half articles already anyway, or asking my customers or clients to write these briefs, and then taking that and then going out and putting freelancers on it, then managing the freelancers' deadlines and pushing it back because it's not good or, you know, editing all the rest of it, not only can I lower that cost using AI, uh, but also the production quantity is just you know, exponentially higher, right? We're talking minutes, not days. This is Digital Marketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the President of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you'd be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Damian Thompson of Content at Scale. He's the VP of Business Development Partnerships and an awesome guy who knew that AI was going to take over the world, apparently. So welcome, Damian. I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. Yes. So. <laughs> It's so funny because that's the first place everybody goes like, oh, Terminator's coming to kill you. And it's like, why? Why would they It's because everyone's idea of AI is TV and movies, right? So I think, you know, Terminator. Yeah. Well, we met a couple weeks ago. I think we hit it off over our love for sci-fi, right? And AI sci-fi specifically. And I think that, you know, if I can, I just jump in real quick to the whole layman's terms for AI real quick, because I think this is scary. Let's unscare this a little bit. And so take the fear away a bit. So this is going to be correct for 99% of the audience. If you're a computer scientist, like I was for a short period of time, I apologize. This is not accurate, but it's accurate for everybody else. Uh, so for everybody else, think of it this way. There's really kind of three things to think of here. And you can get to generalists and all that kind of good stuff. But we'll leave that aside. So just talk about AI for itself. We've been talking about AI forever. It's been in movies forever. But really, all it really is, it's still a rules-based engine. So we had this automation kind of revolution 10 years ago with the HubSpots of the world and email marketing automation, all the rest of it, which was very rules-based, if this, then that, right? It was great. It's fantastic. But you get those logic problems, right? You hit a logic problem, it hits a wall, it just stops. It doesn't work. You know, everyone's had that problem of something not going out or something like that. All AI is doing is saying, hey, the, the computers are clever enough to actually have some say in what they want to do. So when it hits that wall, instead of just stopping... We're giving it the ability to say, hey, let me turn right or left on my own, which is why sometimes you get some weird gobbledygook and you do this kind of stuff. But over time, you get to kind of you know tighten up that model and, and it works better. So that's AI. So really, we are the very nascent stages of this. Like this is truly chat. Content creation is really the first true business application for this, right? So that's artificial intelligence. Now, a lot of times you'll hear the word machine learning thrown on as well. So machine learning is kind of the next level. This is now saying, okay, now we're going to train the AI. We're going to create models to teach the AI how to start kind of think more, you know, have a better thought process uh, by creating models. And then we get to the kind of third level, which is the deep learning, which is what I was afraid of. This is the singularity stuff and all that nonsense, Terminator stuff, which is when the machine is creating its own models, right? So the idea there is, you know, they extrapolate out the exponential effects of that and becomes this idea of, okay, if the computers are smarter than us, you know, can, can operate faster than us at least, right? So there's, that's where the fear comes from, really. A, we are a long way away from that in any real, you know, in any real form. B, that's, I think, kind of very nihilistic thinking. Just because a computer can compute faster doesn't mean it's going to negatively, it's going to be negative, right? I mean, yes, you can, we chatted about Asimov's laws, all kind of fun stuff, right? But, you know, we're going to have to figure that stuff out and we will. 
you know, humans are cockroaches, you know, nothing's going to beat us, right? We're going to find a way <laughs> to survive, right? So as the models get stronger, we'll just put more and more constraints around them is what, is what I would think would happen. And again, I don't expect to see that in my, my lifetime anytime soon. So, uh, but yeah, so getting back on course, I think the first thing is don't be afraid of it. Unless you're a freelance writer. If you're a freelance writer, <laughs> be afraid we're coming for your jobs. Now I see that tongue in cheek because like all technological advances, the buggy whip manufacturers didn't like the Model T, right? So, I mean, there's just, there's always these advances and jobs change. For every job that AI will quote unquote destroy, there's an opportunity for it to create one plus jobs, right? In our world, we talk about the AIO, which I know you're personally got some stake in there, Mark, but, uh, you know, this idea of getting really good at speaking robot, of prompting the tools to do what you want, and then really good at the end, making it look more human. And mm -hmm. so that's a brand new role that didn't exist you know, six months ago, right? That literally now is, is existing. And so there's always the opportunity to go up the value chain. And I think that's the case for all, you know, knowledge worker kind of work, right? I mean, the DBAs, and I'm old enough to remember database architects. I mean, I don't know anybody that's a database architect anymore, right? And I don't think they exist. I don't know. But like, you know, they've gone to do something else. And so as long as you're staying on top of these things, as long as you're kind of going with it, and, you know, filtering through what the fads are and what actually seems to be transformational technology, which we believe this is transformational technology, mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, you have to up your game. And that's welcome. Welcome to being a grown up. Right. Get, yep. You know, yeah, so that's, that's kind of welcome to owning a business. Right. So that's 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 the way it works. That's fantastic. Well, and I think for, you know, people like me where it's like I actually had this feeling last year where I was like, man, things have been the same for like a decade. Yeah. Nothing is social media is the same. Search is the same. And and I've personally been waiting for like I, I was like, oh, I mean, this is as good as we get is right here. And then finally, AI kind of uh, took hold. Why did it take so long? Because even for me personally, like my transformation happened when I, I think I used the Lensa app in December. Yeah. Then I tried ChatGPT. And then actually Julia McCoy came out with her, like AI can replace humans. And then that's when I was like, oh, okay. So it's finally a thing. But what, what do you think is the turning point? Yeah, I think, I, I, you know, I think there's a couple of things, actually. You know, I'll, I'll switch industries for a second. So I'm really heavy into the music industry. So it's, it's a personal mm -hmm. thing. And so, you know, 2021, 2022, some of the best music was created in a long time. You know, I'll say music was getting pretty stale. Uh, and, you know, people staying at home for COVID, for lockdowns, all this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. meant the artists were sitting in their bedrooms creating rather than out touring or doing something else because they couldn't, right? And I think, I think that probably plays a little here as well. I think we're seeing some technological advances here because people just had their head down after they got over the anxiety and everything say hey i gotta work i don't have to go into an office every day i now have this other time to do stuff so i think there's some something there i think also we have to credit open ai i think that that organization really has nailed it you know they're not the only kind of neural network ai company out there. there's lambda there's a handful of others as well the, the computing cost for this stuff is so high and so that's you know you think of uber is a great example Right, Uber, fantastic, came along, transformational, everyone loved it, now everyone hates it. Um, well, everyone hates it because they're trying to find how to make it work, like finance, because we don't realize a lot of times, but a lot of these technological leaps, they're financed by startups, they're financed by VCs willing to lose money for a long period of time. So they're actually selling these things at a loss for a long time. And that's the case I would say right now with AI. We've seen with, with uh, GPT-4 coming out, 
like the pricing now is it quadrupled in some areas, could as much as kind of you know 8x, 10x in some areas for the computing power because people are asking for longer prompts. They're asking for the ability to kind of shape it even more. Well, that costs money, right? And so that is kind of thing have been kind of the economics of what you're willing to pay. You know, everyone has this idea that software should be free, which is ridiculous, of course. But you know, you know, there is kind of thing a, a confluence of events. I mean, again, I'm just talking, you know, kind of out of my bum here a little bit. But you know, I do believe that the the emergence of a significant player. I think Microsoft also, and you know, I'm a big Satya fan, the CEO of Microsoft, and I think he's a killer. I think he's out there doing great things for them, making them relevant again. You know, them going all in uh, on this makes total sense. You know, they lost the SEO battle to Google, right? They lost the paid ads ad battle to Google. So the only way, best way to dominate a market is to create it, right? Or redefine it, right? And so they're trying to redefine search, right? Which, will they be successful? Who knows? But they're significant. We're talking $10 billion, you know, they've put into, into this technology. That's not a small amount of money, right? And so they're there and they're putting in everything. And you're seeing that now with tools like Notion. You're seeing that now with other tools that have become kind of staples of the everyday. You're going to see more and more AI integrated there. You know, is it true AI? Is it just an API call? And I don't get too technical here, but, you know, a lot of these AI tools that spring up every day really is not anything other than a slick cover, or maybe not even a slick cover of someone else's tool versus just an actual real application of the program. Mm. No, but I think, you know, the understanding of what AI does, which is, uh, it makes stuff simpler. So it must be AI. (laughs) Right, right. Well, it's funny too, you know, it's, we were talking about this yesterday internally, you know, we're all AI people. Um, and, and, I mean, from dairy, you know, different levels of technology, but as a company, like our team is very, you know, we're not just developers, a bunch of YC grads looking for spreadsheets to figure out what we can go raise money for, right? We actually understand the tech and the, the practical applications of it, but it's still kind of not yet common term. We were talking, I'm launching a new partner program and I've put some terms and conditions together. And I was talking to our CEO and he's like, well, why don't you use, you know, chat GPT to do that? And I was like, that's a great idea. I don't know why I didn't do that because I actually <laughs> did that for something else. So I'm still, I'm using it on certain things, but not quite everything yet. And it's just that having got that muscle memory, but I tell you what, I'm a much better editor than I am a writer. Right. And mm-hmm. so having something else to start that the whole kind, kind of content creation process I think really helps me personally. I think most people are, are, are similar, right? It's, it's much easier to edit from my tone or edit from my you know style than it is to start with a blank page. Oh yeah. Well, and I think what's happening, especially with you guys and uh, content scale, people being able to create long form co- or long form articles, which is the main thing that you guys do, uh, is huge because a lot of those people that are now using the tool to create long form copy never would have done anything. They would have said, "I'm not a good writer." Uh, it takes too much time. Is it worth it? You know, right. and so a lot of people who just didn't create content at all. So I think it's uh, it's not that it's going to take away the jobs of writers, because if you're a writer, you're going to keep writing. And actually, you'll be a million times more effective thanks to AI, because now you don't have to, you know, learn about a subject that might not be in your wheelhouse, which is, yeah. you know, why I- some of the content online is not good anyways. I think that's it. Well, a lot of it's not good, right? So, <laughs> I mean, let's <laughs> start with most. I would agree with that. So, I think that that's correct. I think that even people that understood the value of content marketing, you know, go back 10, 11 years ago, right? When it really was starting to kind of become a thing. So, I spent 15 years in enterprise sales, you know, sales leadership in enterprise for like uh, security companies, Mac, Mac to be semantic, turn micro companies like that. Then, when I burned the suit and tie a decade ago and decided to get into this online, you know, arena, 
Um, the first business I started was a content marketing agency. Uh, now I wasn't a content marketer, but I just saw the, pro- the, the promise of it. Now being a sales guy, what I did was I went and cold emailed all the, you know, the uh, angels list, you know, companies had raised a million dollars, which is cute, but that was all they were raising back in those days. Um, but, you know, they were looking for content writers and we say, hey, we can come do it for you, right? This done for you, the kind of beginning of that done for you kind of wave as well. And, you know, loved it, saw the value of it. Uh, found how hard it is to manage cats that are freelance writers, right? Or, or because it's complicated to have staff writers in most scenarios, oh, yeah. so, you know. So um, it's hard. The quality wasn't great. They were always late. All those kind of things. So literally, shuttered the, my agency. Got got tired of having to manage that writing process. And even as a believer in content marketing, owning a content marketing agency, I didn't do enough content marketing myself, right? Because it's hard, right? It's hard to write 2,500 words that are meaningful, that actually have value, then interlink and link out to other companies and have click to tweets and media and all that kind of good stuff. It's, it's, it's laborious, right? So even with the understanding of, hey, you don't have to convince me it's good, you have to show me how I can do it easier, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's the problem we're trying to solve. And I think you know, a lot of our growth has been because, sure, AI is cool. I think a lot of people are using it, you know, hey, it's kind of fun and it's cool. What's the real business application? Well, Mm. if I can then say, look, instead of having to write these briefs that are basically half articles already anyway, or asking my customers or clients to write these briefs, and then taking that and then going out and putting freelancers on it, then managing the freelancers deadlines and pushing it back because it's not good or, you know, editing all the rest of it, not only can I lower that cost using AI, uh, but also the production quantity is just exponentially higher, right? We're talking minutes, not days, right? And so, you know, you start with this kind of kernel that that you can actually go from. And again, it goes back to, I think most people are better editors than writers, right? So if we can give you high quality content to begin with, you just need to then make sound like you, look like you, fit your tone style and, you know, fact check, things like that. Then, you know, we're seeing people that we're blogging that, you know, two or three times a week now are putting out 40, 50 articles a month, which we know, Google likes. We know, you know, we we know very few things in SEO, except we know that high quantity of high quality content will get you rankings, right? That's that's oh, yeah. that's a reality. And so, but that's those stakes are getting higher and higher because now you're competing against companies like HubSpot that are publishing seven, eight articles a day, right? I mean, that no almost no business can do that, right? And so, how are you going to outrank? How are you going to get on that first page, second page of Google if you can't put that kind of production out? Well, the answer is you're not, right? Unless you find some hacky ways to do it that you get punished for later anyway. Right. So yeah. every time there's enough that you get punished for it. So we're saying, look, play by the rules, do the right thing, create quality content, you know, that's accurate and it's helpful for your readers. We're just going to help you get started. Right. And we're going to help you do this at a higher, uh, at higher quantities. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. frankly, higher quality. You know, it's that old saw. You know, you can have it fast, you can have it good, you can have it cheap. You can pick two out of three. You know, we were saying, hey, we could actually pick all three. Right. We can get produce higher quality you know, uh, uh, at higher quantities at a lower cost. I mean, it's really kind of the dream, but goes back to the very first part of our conversation, fear. It's fear. Yep. People are afraid, right? What's going to happen? They're afraid. And so how we attack that, and I think we think we're right, obviously, but is Google's changed our mind three times in the last two months about, you know, AI generated content. What they're saying currently is what it should be, which is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where the content comes from. Does it matter that it comes from another country? No, it shouldn't matter, right? If it's good and high quality, that's all it should matter. However, to cover your bets, because we're, you know, my CEO is a SEO guy and really understands that world very well. Um, you know, we want our content to look as human as possible. And so we say, look, be safe. Don't worry, you know, don't put out a bunch of content, get a bunch of, you know, great traffic that just gets cut at, off at the knees at, you know, next six Google's update six months from now, whatever that happens to be. 
make it look as human as possible, which is going to be actually better experience for readers anyway, right? They don't want to read yep. computer generated content, quote unquote. No, that's 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 a a million good points, <laughs> but I think that it, you address the main fear that I think people have, especially SEO professionals, where it's like, well, you know, if it's not human, it's going to get doxxed, it's going to get scanned by the AI checker, and then it's going to blah blah blah. And what a lot of people don't realize with the AI checker is you could just be a bad writer and you'll be docked as an AI. I see it all the time. We have a couple of negative reviews. I mean, you don't have haters. You're not trying hard enough, but you know, almost all of them is because their human writing came out robotic. Well, news alert, that means your writing's not very good, right? So that means you're sounding predictable. And so that's the thing people misunderstand too. It's not saying, hey, we know that this was written by a computer or written by a human. It's saying this text is predictable. It's boring. It's repeated over and over again on the internet. There's nothing new here. There's nothing exciting or interesting. I have writers all the time that write like that, right? So that doesn't oh. mean that necessarily it's a bot, right? So again, we it's forcing this higher quality, which I think is kind of the thing that gets missed in a lot of this. I think a lot of times people talk about cost and, and, and volume, which is very important, of course, for especially for agency owners. But, you know, we do, using our craft process, which is our editing process that we kind of preach uh, is that, you know, at the end, the end result will be a higher quality article as well, or a higher yes. quality piece of content, which I think is the important piece that gets missed a lot of times, because that's supposedly what SEO is supposed to reward, right? High quality content, you know, be make the internet usable, right? Rather than it is yeah. right now, so. No, that's a, that's another fantastic point. Cause I think people, um, I don't know, they think they're better than they are, or <laughs> they think they think that they're less Honestly, biased. No. Overconfident human beings? No. So it's, it's funny because AI's big uh, kind of Achilles heel, and it, it is, is that it, it's it's known that it will state incorrect facts very confidently, right? So the tone of the AI will say, it'll come out and it will just read very confidently. I'm like, how is that any different than almost nine out of 10 people I meet, right? So yep. like, it's exactly the same. Everybody knows everything about everything, right? And so oh, yeah. at least in their minds, they do, right? And so it's the same idea. And it's, you know, one of the other big, so you move past the fear and, and look, fear drives a lot of it. So you'll hear a lot of writers, a lot of editors say, you know, make, claims like, hey, it takes me five times as long to edit, you know, AI content as human content. Well, that makes zero sense. These are literally yeah. words on a page. What they're really saying is, hey, you're forcing me to actually follow an editorial process, whereas before I could be lazy and just throw this out to freelancers and just accept it from them over time because the first three articles were good. I'm just going to accept the next 10 are good. Well, that's not yeah. a great editorial process. So yes, an editorial process versus none, yes, that's going to take you longer. I would say if you want to create good quality content for your clients or for yourself, then you should be doing an editorial process regardless of the, what the output comes from, you know, where that actual text on the page comes from. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, because I, I remember, you know, people, I did a ton of content marketing as well. And people would say like, well, you know, that article was done by somebody else. And a lot of people have the same subject. And so I don't want to cover the same subject. And I always told everybody, it's like, well, if you're not answering the question that your customers are asking, then your competitor is, and now they'll go there instead of coming to your website. So you literally have to answer all the questions. Otherwise, the you're saying people away. Yeah, by the very nature of a, you know, the number one ranking Google means multiple people are asking and answering that question. That's exactly what's happening. That's why it's the number one in Google. If it was only one person in the world wanted to know the answer and only one person was writing it, it'd be on page 712 of Google, right? I mean, so if, if it was indexed at all. And so I, I think you're right. This is, you know, for us, there's a reason we call ourselves content at scale, right? We're not, hey, blog replacement tool, right? That's not the idea of, hey, if you're doing a hobby blog or a personal blog, like you said earlier, 
this is not going to replace thought leadership. This is not going to replace unique and new ideas. So if you have unique and new ideas about your market, your audience, or a problem to solve, that's awesome. You should be creating those pieces 100%. They should be your pillar pieces a lot of times, right? But how do you people read those pieces? You get them to read those pieces by driving traffic through SEO or paid ads. And we like SEO. And so, you know, through, through content marketing about the other ancillary questions people have around the similar topic, right? So that's, mm-hmm. you know, where you suggest keywords and things like that saying, hey, if they're asking this question, they probably also have these other questions to answer as well. Let's create those, right, to drive traffic so they can come say how we see the world differently than everyone else, which is the ideal, right? The ideal is that you do have a unique position in the marketplace. You do have a unique idea of how to attack a problem. But many people are going to read that. And just putting, you know, one of the things I loved about HubSpot in the early days is I think they're talking about billboards in the desert, right? Your website's a billboard in the desert, right? So oh, it's, you know, it's, you know, so it's like, great. You got the coolest looking billboard in the world. No one's driving by it. No one's seeing it. It doesn't matter, right? So you've got to build the highway. You've got to build the interconnecting cities around it. You've got to build all this infrastructure to get people to see that billboard. And that's what we think, you know, SEO traffic is. Uh, that's fantastic. I love that illustration because I, I always told people that too, because I was doing website design and I was like, right. they're like, well, I'm not getting sales. I'm like, well, we didn't do that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we, built, right. we built something. Built a, a retail space. I didn't say I was going to create foot, generate yeah, foot traffic for you, right? That's, that's not my job. That's someone else's job, right? So Exactly. But going back to, you know, just the, uh, who you're writing for, because I always said, you know, it won't be comparable to even compare humans to machines because you can say, okay, a human has all these good ideas, but a machine could customize those ideas to whatever market you want, which I think is where things are going to end up where it's like, okay, human makes a framework but now maybe I have five customer avatars and I want to take this framework and address these five avatars. And as a human, I'm not going to write five articles that are right. specifically targeting these people. It's too much time. Well, yeah, you, just, you just nailed it. Because <laughs> let's be honest here. Every marketer listening to this says things they don't do, right? And we can use all the cobbler shoes analogies you want and everything else. So the reality is we all know we should have personas and we should write specific personas. How many people legitimately have multiple personas that they write articles to? I've, no I've cut in half at least, and I'm being very generous here, right? How many of them are doing that consistently? How many of them are then creating calls to action specific to that persona? How many of them are interlinking to other articles they've written themselves? Or It's just not happening. We know what we're supposed Impossible. to do. We just don't do it, right? And so we're saying, hey, you actually now get to focus your energy on strategy. You now get to focus your energy on doing the things you know you should be doing, like writing persona-based con- content, like finding out who to publishing, distribution. Now, great, you've published this content. It's really great, fantastic. Who's reading it? How do you get it out to other people? How do you kind of figure out, get that foot traffic sort of thing, right? So you can actually start solving those bigger problems. Those are bigger problems than just creating content for content's sake. And that's all this is. It's just a shifting of that priority. Now you have to worry about writing briefs and managing freelance writers. Instead, you're learning how to speak robot. And now what you're doing is you're actually, your job is to create, you know, to craft it the back end, to make it readable for your customers, and then figure out how to get that in front of them. Right. And that's that's the key. So now the strategists of the world now have more, you know, more control. I would say, you know, the freelance writers are, you know, I believe it's going to go the way of the dodo. I don't think there's going to be a lot of use for it, you know, in, in the next couple of years. However, right now, the editors and the SEO experts are more important. 
right? Now, oh, yeah. not just your keyword research, but competitive keyword research. Again, something we know we know we're supposed to be doing. No one does. No one has. Here's our ten biggest competitors. Here's looks. We've figured out their keyword strategy using Ahrefs or whatever, right? And so we know what they're ranking for at least, right? And so great. How do we combat that? Do we want to compete head to head on these? Do we want to come, you know, a flanking attack here? Like all that strategy is even more important. So the professionals in the SEO and editing space, your job just became much more important, right? And you're actually now much more valuable to your organization, to yourself, to your customers, you know, price accordingly. No, so much more valuable. And and you're not doing stuff that you don't want to do, which at the end of the day, it's boring crap. And and if you do hire a freelancer, unless they're specialized in your space, then they're just doing the same research that AI is going to do in the first place and pulling the same data. Perfect example. And so, you know, I talk about if you've been around long enough, you remember these spinners, you know, six, seven years ago, you know, always like, you know, you take an article and throw it into the spinner and it come out and supposedly spin out this new article. It was always garbage, but all human, most freelance writers or most writers, even staff writers, and I'm sorry to keep on throwing freelancers on the bus here. I like, love freelancers, <laughs> but most writers, full stop. If you don't know that terminology, if you don't know that area, like you said, if I'm the area of your expertise, you are doing the same thing. You are going and putting that keyword in the Google. You're opening maybe the first 10 results. You're reading those 10 articles. And then your mind, your Cuban spinning those articles, right? Yes, it's yep. unique content that you've written it. But you, all you've done is really taken those 10 pieces of article. We're doing the same thing just across the entire internet. Faster, right? And better, right? Yeah. So, but it's the same idea. It's the same exact thing you're doing, just much more efficiently, like technology is supposed to do. It's supposed to be more efficient. It's supposed to be faster. Yes. That's what it's supposed to do. It doesn't change the process that much, really. It just changes how fast you can do it and how you do it. So is there change? Yes. So what I would say is, you know, if you are a writer and you are afraid, you know, you can dig your heels in and think this is the hill you're willing to die on, you're going to lose. Technology yes. does not lose. We see that over and over and over again. Technology does not lose. So you can do that. You can fight against it, you know, go out there and tilt at windmills. So that's what you want to do, right? Yeah. Or, right, you can go and say, hey, I'm going to embrace my new robot overlords, as I was joking earlier, but I'm going to go learn how to actually become more valuable to my customers or to my organization. And that is actually using this as a tool. It's a tool. It's a pick, it's a shovel, it's a tool. Use it as a tool to be able to create content at scale. And that's the idea, you know, clever wordplay, maybe not that clever, just on the nose, even better. Um, but that's the idea is that it's not just, hey, I think I need 10 articles on my website. I'll tell you what, A, you're wrong. That's not going to do you any good, right? If you're not publishing frequently, you're going to, you know, even if you didn't. You're not doing somehow, anything with it. Yeah. Right, you're doing nothing, right? You, no one's reading it. No one's sharing it. No one's, all those signals that Google or Bing or someone else is looking for just aren't happening. So you, you need to be creating content, you know, consistently, which has always been, like you said, it's hard. It's hard. It's time consuming. There's so many other things for you to be focused on. So what do you do? You focus on the other things. And so now we're saying, hey, this is important. Acknowledge it's important. If I have to convince you content marketing is important, you're probably not going to last very long in content marketing yeah. or SEO or you know, driving traffic. You're going to have to pay it buy ads you're going to have to do networking or events or and there are, there are other models this is not the only traffic model right that's not to say it's the best or the only however we think it's the most consistently you know cost effective paid ads gets really expensive real quick you're now relying on someone else's platform entirely yes you could say we're relying on google for that search traffic but google show, closes up shop tomorrow someone replaces them right there's still yep. a need for an engine to find the content people are looking for no, that's great. Now, last question is, uh, you know, since you have these generative tools like Content Scale, like ChatGPT, like Jasper and, and everything else, um, do you think there'll come a time when Google or other big companies will just stop sending people traffic because they could just generate answers for their audience versus 
you know, so I, sending yeah. them somewhere else. Yeah. So I'm going way out on limb here. So this is, this is, this is not, I'm not speaking for kind of I'm speaking for myself here. Right. So I'm going to say what I believe is going to happen. I believe Bing is going to win. I believe they're going to win at, at the new model, this new come here, ask a question and we're going to give you a response. Right. It's replacing pages of SERPs. Right. That's what I believe is going to happen. But Google is not going to go out, you know, without a fight. Right. I mean, and they do, they are the 800 pound gorilla for a reason. What they have is they have those Google plexes of data, right? Mm -hmm. So could there be a paid search model, right? Where big corporations come and say, hey, I want, I don't want page results. I want the best result you can give me. You mm -hmm. already own all the data. Give me your best result. And I'm willing to pay X dollars for that monthly per request per whatever. So that's what I believe is going to be. I believe this will become more of a utility. I think it's become mm -hmm. more of a paid utility. A search will become a paid utility in some areas. It'll become more of an AI generated utility in other areas. And insert third player, I can't even imagine who that is now, right? And that's what happens <laughs> in tech, right? You know, I can't imagine what it's going to be. And so that's just my gut feel of what I think is happening, is going to happen. Also, you know, just the technology life cycles, you know, Google is the incumbent now. They're not the nimble startups, right, that they were 15, 20 years ago, right? So it's really hard. The reason it's not, these are not smart people. They are still brilliant people in that building, right? It's just that the economic incentive to change everything is just not high enough, right? I mean, they just, how long can they squeeze out the current model they have? And they're gonna try to squeeze out for the next couple of years and they probably will be able to squeeze out for another couple of years, right? And so, you know, it doesn't serve them well to change everything. Bing is a far distant second place. Like they have lost the battle. It costs them nothing to stop doing it the old way and try something brand new if they think they can win, right? Like I said before, best way to dominate a market, create it or, or redefine it, right? So they're gonna try to redefine that market to their benefit. Now that's clever and that makes sense for them because they have much less to risk. They lose their 12% Bing market share, who cares, right? I mean, it doesn't matter, right? Google losing their 76% market share or whatever it is, you know, that's that's a huge hit. Like they make all their money from ads and from SEO, right? So like that's that's a tough and so it's it's not they're not smart. It's not they, you know, they've lost great engineers, you know, they're still all there. It's just there's no economic incentive for it. And I think that's what's gonna happen personally. Again, I'm not speaking for Honda scale here. This is just Damien talking. Um, but I just seen it play out over and over again in technology, whatever sector it happens to be. This is what happens. It's why incumbents get up, uprooted and disrupted, quote unquote, by startups, because, you know, the old model gets old and stale and, you know, and there's a new, there's new tech driving it, whether that's in consumer or business to business. Oh, well, that's, that's a great way to explain it because I think people don't really understand why things have been the way they have. And of course they haven't changed for 10 years because, Google was making plenty of money. They didn't have to. Who cares? Why, why, why yeah. change when you don't Why would you have stop? To? Right. Oh, well, they changed. Now you go there, the whole whole page is ads all the way down, right? I remember the yeah. old days when there was one ad on top and it was or just a sidebar badge in the good old days, right? Like the, all oh, those yeah. all sort of were, were, were natural. But, you know, they and this is, you've got teams of accountants and teams of engineers that are going to, you know, manage and make as much money as possible, right? And this is, we we're talking, uh, actually, you know, GPT internally the other day and I've been, I was enterprise software for a long time. I was like, People don't understand, but enterprise software always goes up. It's one of the few areas in technology where the price increases mm. over time. And it increases because it's not consumer. Consumer is a race to zero, but that's because they find other ways to finance themselves. Selling user data, selling ads, selling all those other things that, that consumers will put up with that businesses won't. Right. So with businesses, it's licensing direct technology. So that cost gets more, you know, gets higher as the cost gets higher for the company. But it's just kind of accepted. So if you, you know, if you, if you sell B2B enterprise, you know, you know this, you know the prices always go up. Right. But it's, it's but everywhere else is always a race to zero. 
And so I think that's another thing people are seeing as well. And that's, that's why, you know, for us, you know, our future, you know, near future, weeks, not months, you know, on the horizon, as our CEO loves to say, um, is really all of the things you've learned in the last decade for content marketing that you're not doing, personas, right? Actual high level, high quantity of content creation. My other one is I'm a big fan of, you know, you really need to repurpose content, right? We all know this. We all know you should create something and create a podcast, turn that into a blog article, turn that into a social post, turn that into everything else. Again, something a lot of people don't actually do though, or they do it poorly. So for us, what we're going to say is, you know, the next generation for us will be, okay, what's your medium of choice? You like podcasts? Fantastic. You like YouTube? Awesome. You like writing long form? Fantastic. Input that into, into our platform and we will then create the other media types for you. Like we'll create, mm-hmm. we'll go from a YouTube video and turn that, and not just transcription, actually turning it into a, a new fresh wow. take with new keywords that are related to the original keywords we've dragged out of whatever that medium you've given to us to begin with. And I say like literally we'll be doing that with the next version, which comes out in early April. Uh, yeah, roadmap. <laughs> so, right, so we'll say that. But uh, but we're testing it now, so it's real. There's code written. Um, will be YouTube. You'll be able to put a YouTube link in there. Wow. We'll be able to take that and turn that into a, a long form blog post. And it won't be. A, it's not transcription. I'm saying a brand new, unique article uh, that will actually have, try to rank for the same keywords and similar ranking keywords. So we usually aim for low to medium traffic, medium to high. Uh, sorry, low to medium uh, competition, medium to high. Uh, traffic, right? Keywords. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're kind of that's some of the models we built on top of uh, uh, the kind of standard model we bought. Wow, that's. Uh, I was like, man, I wish that was like today. Yeah, we do too. <laughs> so, yeah, we do too. So, so, just, <laughs> so oh, that's yeah. super exciting. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So we'll definitely have to have you back on maybe uh, next quarter, and we could see if uh, you know the time frames lined up or what's yep. happening because it seems like every week I like log in, I'm like, crap. The thing that I was doing is now outdated. So, and it's that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know, my my only the last thing is that you know talking about like freelance writers and changing skill sets. I mean, there really are two now unique skill sets. Well, I guess the editing is not really unique. It's just doing what you should have been doing before. So the unique skill set will be like what we're calling this artificial intelligence optimization, like AIO, which is learning how to speak robot, right? Learning how to prompt the tool correctly because. If, if you're not, you know, if you go and say you spend all your time in chat GPT and you learn, you know, your own prompts and you create your own little prompt library in Trello or something, and you've learned how to create certain things, that's great. But it's hard to, you know, to scale that across an organization. And, you know, if all you're doing is that, then you can tell when you go into some of these AI tools, quote unquote, uh, that are just API calls because you, they'll stay the same. That's not what's real though. So you look at a tool like ours, we're sure we do have an API called OpenAI, but then we've built multiple models on top of that specifically for SEO, specifically for long form content, specifically we built NLP models, uh, neuralistic linguistic programming models, right? So actually sound human, uh, built AI detection models. like it, So all that additional kind of context on top of the original context, and we're always stacking the context, the way you will prompt our tool will be different than the way you would prompt Jasper, which is more of a, you know, generic or sorry, general tool. And so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's going to be different. So this is kind of also, we think, going to be that traditional winner take all in niches, right? So there's going to be a winner take all because it's just going to be too hard to say, hey, yes, there's always the DIYers, the people that, you know, value money more than their time, right? And that are willing mm-hmm. to go there and play in the playgrounds and really spend a bunch of time to do this. But I think they're not really 
getting the full benefit of AI if they do that, right? But hey, each to their own. But the people that really want to do this at scale, want to do it consistently, want to be able to replace you know, human effort in this area, redistribute that human effort somewhere else in the organization or in their business, you know, they're going to want to learn how to do this. And there's going to be tools that win and tools that lose. And the tools that win will be the ones that we think can do more, right? And so that's oh, yeah. our focus is there. That, well, I think that's that's genius because it, it, what's probably, you know, just from when you see these technologies take off is there's a ton of newcomers to the market and then everything gets consolidated and then we end up with a set and right. your Clear point winner, about a good second place and an okay third place right that's exactly thing, right? So, yeah well and for you guys it's 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 funny the, your description of the people who are like oh no they want to save their time somewhere else they're lazy we're right. all lazy that's the that's the definition and if there's one tool where i could just go to one place and put all my crap in i will do that because I get tired of going places. <laughs> and, yeah, and so and, you're and totally look, right. You know, I, I, it's copyright I work for me. A good friend called me a sasshole because I love the new tools. I love playing with them. However, playing with tools on my own and implementing them as a process in my business are two totally different things, right? So what you want to do is implement your process into your process of your business and leave them alone as much as possible, right? Improve on, sure, but you're not looking to insert new tools all the time, right? That's just that yes. you're now losing your productivity edge when you do that. On your free time, cool, go play all you want, right? And so that's what I do. I play with software on the side. Um, but you know, once we get that, and I think that's a realistic way to think about it, right? It's, it's why you see... You know, in, in software, there's the best of breed versus the, the sweet approach. Well, every software company starts with the best of breed, right? They think at least they yep. how they market themselves. But as they get bigger and add, add more functionality, they become a suite. HubSpot's a great example. We talked about a couple of times today, right? Where, you know, basically a mediocre, small, medium business SEO tool is how they started. Then kind of got into content marketing automation. Uh, then, you know, added a free CRM, which is a brilliant move. Uh, then got a CRM. Now they're doing kind of ops. They're doing everything else. Now they're an enterprise company. Now they're a suite of tools, right? And that's that. That's and hey, come into our ecosystem. And then you, you speak all things HubSpot. Now it doesn't matter that some of the tools don't actually really talk to each other. And especially with big companies where they come from acquisition and stuff, there's some messiness, right? But the vision, the the sales pitch at least, is under one roof, right? And I think that. People have shown that's what they want. That people don't want to learn, no, no. you know, 20 different tools. They want to go one place and get as much done as possible at 80%, right? Is better oh, 80% no. under one roof is better than 90% across seven different things. Yeah. Well, and I think the even the user base now is uh willing to accept some growing pains. You know, chat GPT, you know, I just tried GPT four yesterday and I was like, wow, this is not what I was expecting is so, that it's good, but I'm still using it because I'm like, it'll get better. I, I would say yeah. like, we love OpenAI, but underwhelming, I think would be the, the thing that most people are saying. It's because I'll say this, actually, it's underwhelming one area, which is the mass area. People are hoping it was going to do video. People are hoping a bunch, there's a bunch of rumors around a lot of things. It looks like the biggest thing from a consumer point of view is the text and it's More not data. great. You know, if you just go on Twitter for a little bit, you'll see that right now it's it needs some tweaking still. Um, however, in terms of what we're seeing is we're seeing it is becoming like a really good general tool for development work. 
for some back office operations. So like some of that, which makes sense. It's an, it's an enterprise. That's the other thing people don't realize. This is an enterprise tool sold really aimed at enterprises, right? Now they've mm -hmm. they've dumbed it down for consumers to use as well, but it really is meant for large organizations to spend millions and millions of dollars to them. That's how they're going to make their money back, right? That's that's what that's what their business model is. And so what does a large organization want? Well, I want operational stuff. I want to go, go show me where I'm spending too much money, right? Go show me yeah. how many extra licenses I have for the software that I'm not using. Go show me you know, the difference in my lighting bill between seven different offices. And so all that operational code base and that kind of that lat logic, GPT-4 has some really cool stuff there. But the mm. average listener of the podcast doesn't care about that stuff, right? The average listener, yeah. the average market, the average small, medium business, that's not going to move the needle for them, right? And so really, we haven't seen that uh, the, from a content creation point of view, the leap from 3.5 to 4 is not huge in, in, in at least in the initial release of what we've seen. And look, it's days old, really. So, you know, we'll see, right? And, and they've moved fast. So the whole industry moves fast. But um, but right now, yeah, I would say that if you were hoping 4 was going to solve all your problems, probably not, right? And no. so, uh, and, and still, we go back and say, cool, it, it's a great tool, like I said, using our, ourselves internally for some operational stuff. Um, but, you know, we still think, you know, nothing's going to come close to creating... SEO focused long form content that we can. So, no, that's fantastic. Well, I think solutions like yours are kind of the refined approach to a specific need, which long form Eesh. copy, which is in the there you go. right? That's it. And that's it. So, and, and I think that's you know been the key for our, our growth as well has been that we're not trying to be all things to all people. We're saying, look, if you understand SEO, if you understand a long form content, you understand the pains and costs involved in that, we can make it cheaper and better and faster, right? If, you know, you're trying to, to also do chat and you're trying to also, you know, create brand new products yourself and have the computer do it, that's not what we do. You know, there are, there are mm -hmm. better tools out there to do that, right? There are tools that do that specifically. And that's, that's what we say. And I think that's it. I think that people are getting more comfortable with niches, with niches as well, right? They're getting more comfortable with, okay, I use this tool specifically for this. I have a project manager tool. I've got a CRM. I've got a partner manager tool. I've got, I've got multiple tools, which I have to, because each one does a specific thing better. Right than, yes. than the generic approach, and it's more it's important enough. If it's not that important, who cares? Right? I mean, yeah. I can deal with QuickBooks. Right? If, if I got less than 100 employees, and it's good enough, right? I don't need you know some crazy accounting software, right? But if I'm are a, you kidding? I would take <laughs> AI accounting software all day long. <laughs> I'm sure you would. But a thousand, I mean, but a thousand person organization now, I need an ERP system. Now I'm looking at SAP. Yeah. Now I'm looking at these kind of things, right? Because like the nuance really matters at that level, right? But for the majority yeah. of users, it doesn't. So. Well, I, I, you know, fantastic answers, excellent illustrations. I think you guys are definitely on track uh, to be one of the most useful AIs that, I, that I've used so far. So congratulations. Uh, where can people find more about uh, you and Content Scale? Yeah, so content at scale.ai, you know, is the, the, the home uh, there where April's a big month for us. New UI, uh, new community, a new partner program we're launching, uh, as well as uh, a, the new tool. Right now, we have uh, best-in-class AI detection tools. So whether you use us or not, you can go to the website uh, mm -hmm. on the top of the menu, go to AI detector, uh, copy and paste there. Uh, we beat paid AI detectors, you know, consistently. Wow. Uh, launched a product hunt last week. We were product of the day last week in product hunt. Uh, with made a whole bunch of product hunt mistakes, still we're product of the day, you know, and so, <laughs> um, which is great. Um, but there's a lot of value there, not just where it detects content and show, you know, give you some scores there. It'll actually show you the areas that we're reading that look robotic, look, you know, repeatable. Mm. So you actually know where to edit as well. 
So this again, goes back to like actually raising the tide, right? So you're going to create better content because not only can we show you for free, no login, no email sign up, nothing. Literally you go to the website, it's there. Um, you can see not just what your score is or where, you know, how you look like from a robotic or predictable point of view, but also show you the areas you should focus on in that specific piece of content. So go there and I sell people, delete the reds, edit the yellows and oranges, right? And you'll make that yes. make sense when you go there because they'll be highlighted in those colors to show you the areas you need to focus on. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Damien. Really appreciate your time. Uh, definitely need to schedule you for a few months from now. We'll see. We'll see what happened because I, uh, you know, a month away feels like could be a million years in terms of development terms. Uh, and I'm very excited about those updates. So I will be uh, on your website often. Fantastic. Thanks, Mark. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.